Hello out there, Foxes fans, and welcome back to another edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast. I'm your, your host, Matt Fultz, coming to you live from San Diego, and joined this evening by my host on the East Coast in New York City, Mr. Jason Becker of the New York Foxes. What's up, my guy? Hey, man. Oh, just uh, feeling full. If anyone, um, I guess we're just recording tonight and not not broadcasting a video, which is yes. pretty good because uh, my giant face in my screen is probably twice the size after all that Thanksgiving food and sodium uh, that I ingested uh, over the last week. So it's time to uh, kind of detox a little bit and get my fat butt back on the program. I'm with you, man. Like I going into Thanksgiving, I was feeling pretty proud of myself, like weight wise and everything, really feeling like I was getting back on uh, getting back on the horse. And then after Thanksgiving, between the amount of beer and liquor and uh, wine and then, of course, the food and just pure turkey. I mean, I I'm with you, dude. Like my cheeks look like they're three times larger. I look like I'm just, you know, hoarding nuts for the winter over here like a squirrel. So. Uh, but a good Thanksgiving overall for you? Yeah, man. Real positive. Got to see family. Have to have a lot of fun. A lot of good food, of course. A lot of good laughs. A few days off from work. Always appreciated. And, and uh, a nice little win on, on Saturday to uh, to really, you know, keep the festive uh, the festivities going throughout the whole whole weekend. For sure, man. And I, I actually had to work Black Friday, which sucked. I haven't had to do that in a while. But uh, so, you know, dragging myself into work on Friday was was quite uh, quite the effort. But then the exact opposite on Saturday, because, yeah, Lesta was back and, and uh, the horrid international break was over. And, you know, I don't know how much of you you guys might have paid attention to what went on during the international break, but uh, pretty much it's just becoming a, a routine occurrence when we have a international break that uh, one, Pats and Daka is going to score multiple times for Zambia. That's just going to happen. And two, Harry Suter is going to score multiple times for Australia. So uh, two of the unused guys on our squad just continue to destroy at the international level. So I found that pretty exciting. I don't know if you, what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's another international break, which kind of becomes another football cleanse for me. It's like my, a juice yeah. cleanse, but of, of football, <laughs> and I get to take a little break because all the games come so, you know, so thick and fast in the, in, in the championship. So I, I kind of welcome the breaks, especially when the games don't, don't mean a whole, whole lot. Uh, and then, uh, you know, check up on everything. And like you said, like, there are a few things that, that are certain death taxes uh, Pat Sandalka and Harry Sutra both scoring for their respective national teams. Yeah, and uh, man, the zombie and outrage is really what I think is another one of my favorite things. Is just when you know he he goes and does score. It's just oh, that's the city. You're you're not using him correctly. It's terrible. You guys are disrespecting him. Look what he can do. And I gotta say, the guy does score goals. But uh, there's a reason, you know, an Enzo we trust. And and thus far, he's he's only gotten a minute or two in the side, literally against Sunderland. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Maybe this will be this will be you know the turning point for uh, for DACA as far as uh, what Enzo wants to do. I think it will be the turning. The turning point will be the the, the opening of the January transfer window, <laughs> and it will probably yeah. be the turning point in his his career. 
yeah, it'll be interesting. And and with every you know goal that he scores internationally, that price just goes up, especially because you know he's not being used here. So if we could get a nice return on him, if he's not going to be used in the side, that wouldn't be too bad. And I guess the same has to be said for Harry Suter, right? I mean, with with the way he is pro- scoring prolifically for the Australians. Put the boy up front, man. Um, big man, little man combination. Maybe maybe it should be Sutar and, and, and Daka. And Daka, oh, unbeatable. Daka. A big, good big, big man, little man combination. But <laughs> Sutar came out and said he's here to fight for his place in the squad, and I love hearing that. Um, you gotta think with the festive period coming up and all of these midweek games, there's going to be an opportunity or multiple opportunities to, to get Sutor out there. So um, who knows, maybe, um, you know, we, we've played Sutor and Cody together in the cup kind of, you know, as a, to, to rotate the squad and get them some minutes and uh, Sheffield Wednesday on Wednesday uh, could be a really good opportunity for that because, you know, Sheffield Wednesday is having another kind of dumpster fire of, of a season and could be, could be a kind of good low risk um, opportunity to, to play both of those guys. Yeah, that's a great shout, and and it's a great point too. I mean, the the games, guys. I think we said it's eight games, nine games before the end of the year, uh, before January first. So they're they're going to come hard and they're going to come fast, and and you know the the thicker and 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 fuller that our bench and reserves are, that better. And to that point, we no injuries again. That's the number one thing on these international breaks is that all the boys came back healthy to Seagrave, which is wonderful. Another uh, name. That Serves a shout out to Jan Vestergaard back in the side for Denmark. Um, just that's incredible to see with the way he's turned his uh, his game around uh, for the club, and now we get to see the same thing, uh, being rewarded with a spot on that national team, which I know is insanely important to him. Mm-hmm. So that was great to see him back with uh, Big Casper and uh, even Mads there on the bench. So they get to travel together from uh, Lesta to Denmark to Copenhagen. So that's pretty cool as well. Yeah, you know. Um... Not that you know, I'm so invested in the uh, fortunes of the Danish national team, but I would have thought that, especially with kind of the last game of the group stage not mattering so much, that um, it would be an opportunity to get Mads out there to, to get him some some national team experience. But uh, you know what? Hey, he if he wants to save up his saves and his clean sheets for for Leicester, I'm not too mad about that either. I'm with it, and I I also just i love the idea of i mean how often do you get the i mean we do the gordon banks versus casper thing all the time that's not we're not going to do that here but arguably the greatest goalie in your in your club's history in in casper and it, it not very often you would get the chance to have your now your your new keeper you know, young guy get to sit and learn and talk on the plane or whatever i'm imagining them just like being able to him just sitting there and just sucking up all of uh, Casper's knowledge and experience. And that's a pretty, pretty, pretty awesome thing. If you ask me, you know, what? and, and with a, a few, you know, with, with a, a goalkeeper, like your yourself on the pod, I'm thinking maybe a, a good a future episode, maybe for um, the summertime or during, uh, during a break, it's said kind of look back at the legendary keepers that, that we have played um, at Leicester. Some, some that's of the greatest great names in the game. Uh, Banks, you mentioned Shilton. Uh, Americans will all be, you know, interested in, in Keller. I'm not saying he's up there with those guys, but he had a right. relevant career. And uh, amongst others, there's a, a big list, a big long list of some, some great keepers. Wallington, um, 
you know, and you know, Schmeichel, um, and and who knows, maybe maybe one day Mads Hermanson's uh, name will be, be up on that list. So it might be a good good little uh, kind of look back at that. That's the a good shout. Yeah, it would also be cool. We could do like a two-part show. We could all where we could go through the legends, but we could also go through the the Peggy Arpevans and the and the and the players like that. That just Conrad Logans, the the lesser known keepers, the, the, uh, the Spider Calix. Yes, exactly. And we could just go in and 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 name some of those as well. So yeah, shout out to the future uh, goalkeeper show that we will do. Uh, but yeah, guys, on the that, that pretty much wraps up the the international break, and we were right back into it against a Watford side that was unbeaten coming into this match in their last seven games. I think we might have scoped over that um, little stat when we were doing our pregame earlier, uh, looking ahead before the break. Uh, but unbeaten in their last seven, and and I'll tell you what, that was not the side that came out was I would have not believed that stat because they offered damn near nothing going forward against us, Jason. One of the most toothless sides we've seen all year. Yeah. Um, frankly, I'm, I was a bit surprised with some of the kind of negativity I was reading about the performance. I thought we played a great game aside from finishing could have maybe operated a little quicker in the first half, but so those adjustments were made. I think it was one of the most, um, if not the most dominating performances that we've put in this year. Um, the you know, only a two, two nil scoreline, but it could have easily been four or five nil. And, uh, this is a not, this Watford team is no joke. You know, they, they, um, like you said, they were on a um, seven game unbeaten streak. I thought they were going to be, you know, a real tough test, especially with the last, the way the last few league games have gone. And, and we did all that with without Harry Winks in the middle of the of the pitch, and I thought it was an outstanding performance. I thought we just completely dominated them, um, if not for some kind of lack of composure in and around the box, um, you know, for the first hour or so of the game. I mean, we we could have been looking at um, a really lopsided score. I'm with you, and I, I I was really kind of surprised as well, and I think that maybe, you know, we had talked about after two losses coming in, um, maybe there was going to be a group of fans that had been, I think I called them weirdos if this was what your mentality was, but there would be groups of fans that have been waiting for that stumble from Maresca's system to use that as a chance to pile on and say, yep, look, this is a shit system. You can't play this kind of football down here. And I don't know if now that the, it was it was those people that were just getting loud about how do you not, you know, blow off. For, and I'm with you, dude, like from start to finish, you can't watch that game and see. I mean, they are they had a few little tiny chances that were, I mean, next to nothing balls that, you know, happen to get through defenders legs and, and find their striker who would then, you know, put it wide left or or whatever or directly at Mads um, multiple times. It, it was just they offered nothing going forward. And I thought I'm with you, man. I thought it was an absolutely dominant display and a good uh, way to get back on track, you know, after an international break. Yeah. And another clean sheet at home. Bingo. Those are great. I, listen, I know the clean sheets aren't the most, uh, most exciting football sometimes, but um, we've given up four goals at home all year. That's insane, dude. That is that's that's that is insane, and uh, we have the best goal difference by far in the league. Just beat us. Just completely handled a, a solid Watford side for for the division. 
still on pace to blow through the points record. I think overall it was a good performance. We just had some issues with, um, you know, composure in and around the box, but we created the chances. I mean, it took over 22 shots in that game. Um, I don't think there's, there's a whole lot to complain about right now, especially about that performance. And um, I, I really, I'm sorry, I'll say it. I, I enjoyed it and I, I don't get it. I don't get if you, if, if someone has an issue with, with that and, and doesn't think that that was good enough because um, it was clearly good enough. And we'd have to, I think some folks, this might be the time to kind of reassess our mentality and what we're looking for out of football and what we're looking for out of this squad um, this year. Yeah, we've and I've said it, you know, multiple times this year. Enzo is changing the way that not only we played, but also the way that the you know your your average fan watches and enjoys the game. I mean, the difference between styles is it's so night and day. And now, you know, you find yourself getting so stoked. One of my favorite things that I see this entire season is when Vesti plays those you know, laser passes right up the middle of the field through about 18 people and finds Nacho making a run or he finds Tawu cutting inside. Like some of those amazing passes because they those passes become from, they come from, you know, the buildup play that we've seen and drawing guys forward. And, you know, how many times do we see Mads, do, you know, doing his Manuel Neuer impression at the, at, at the circle, at the bottom of the circle? I mean, this is just, it's a mentality switch and uh, it's really good to see it working out for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not going to say that the last few games were our best performances or even the win against QPR. They weren't, but you're going to go through that. And QPR was at the back end of an extremely emotional period for the, for the club. And uh, I think there's always fatigue. You need to rotate your squad and you're going to have those little lulls, but overall, I think that the the story is is really good. I mean, what we would have given last year for a side that scored maybe just a little bit less, but could actually defend. Oh yeah, and that would have been the difference in in going down or staying up. Yeah, and now we have that. <laughs> like that's exactly right. what we were looking for, right? Right, a, a team that didn't just play possession for the sake of possession. You could see that there's a purpose. We're just wearing teams out. They just don't have the legs to run with us. And what we would have given for a side that would score late goals instead of conceding late goals. That's what we have again this year. That's what happened again against Wofford. Yeah. Uh, I love it. And what we would have given to see a full squad of players are actually happy to be there. Oh, yeah. That like playing with each other. (laughs) Yeah. Enjoying there. We were watching a, a side that actually enjoys the manager that enjoys being at the club that loves the culture they're playing the type that we're playing the type of football that 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 these players want to play and um i don't know i like look if if some people want to watch this game be negative about some of the play listen you can do that man all power to you especially if you're going to be spending your money uh, on on tickets and being out there in, in the freezing cold like it was um but shit i'm not gonna let you take away from my enjoyment of this because uh this is um when it when it when it's working and i still don't even think we're like at at our best yet no um, it, it's it, it's uh, for me it's it's interesting football it's fun 
Um, there have been some great moments, also some really good moments of individual flair. We haven't lost that yet. And we're not the Harlem Globetrotters. We're not going to, you know, win every game 5-6-0. And we have to be pragmatic. This is a 46-game season. If you want that fast breakneck football, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get a Leeds that is top of the table every year in a championship and then completely burns out like they would every year until finally, they, you know, they happen to get it right that one year with, with Bielsa. Every yeah. other year, they completely fell apart. And if that's what we want, then I guess just say that you're willing to take that. We want to take that risk. Yeah. And I think we're, we're kind of in this weird thing. We've, we've made obviously every um, kind of comparison to man city and pep system as we can, obvious for obvious reasons. But I think, whereas man city have obviously the best players in the world because of the money that they have, they can sign those players. Um, in in their system, they they're kind of relying on this individual player quality to get them those early goals early in, in in and and let me know if this doesn't make sense to you, Jason. But they have these players that can can make this system work very early, and they use that brilliance to score their goals early on. Whereas us, as we're learning this system, we don't have that individual quality yet. Um, so we're kind of waiting on the side that we're playing to kind of break down and tire out when then we can allow the system to take over and allow some of these passing slots to uh, form in the 70th and the 60th minute when when teams start to get tired down. Does that make sense to you what I'm saying there? Yeah, it does in a way. I think there's a there's a mental fatigue that we impose on the opposition, whereas you get towards the end of the game, they, they're not going to be yeah. – it's difficult to hold that shape. Um, and, and to to be in all of the passing lanes, and you know we rely on having a relatively deeper squad and being able to make substitutions and bring in quality off the bench when another side doesn't have that and and and, and is a bit tired. Um, yeah, I mean I think there's um, that's maybe something somewhat to do with the kind of slower starts I guess we've been seeing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I also, I think we're still learning. Sure. Absolutely. I, I think it's still like fairly early. We're not even halfway through the season. Um, and we've got, you know, having to rotate, have players, some players like particularly Ricardo Hamza, when he's come in, um, Justin to some degree, um, even what we're asking of our strikers, it's, it's these are new positions for these players. Wilfred Ndidi is playing a brand new position for him. Um, Winks, maybe it's a little bit more familiar. KDH, maybe a little bit for, more familiar. But again, where Mareska seems to be asking different things of, of these players than their previous managers asked of them. He said the guy's name. I, I just want to take a quick minute to talk about Hamza Chowdhury. We see him come in for Harry Winks, who we've talked all year about the linchpin and how we can't do anything without Harry, and he's incredible, and nothing works if we don't have Harry in there. And uh, sure enough, Hamza comes in and does one hell of a job, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Just an absolute great job. And, and two things I want to point out real quick. One, uh, after he gave up, uh, you know, that – that tackle and the free kick that eventually led to us losing. Um, I, I thought, you know, there's every chance for Enzo to try to send him a message and keep him out of the side. And, and, 
and he doesn't. He gives him a chance back in the side, and then on Hamza for the to be as mentally tough as that was to to get over that, leave it in the past, and come in and just put in a ninety minute incredible performance. Uh, man, <laughs> what do you got to say for the local boy, Jason? Just an incredible shift. Yeah, man, he was one of my standout players for sure. I, I think I you know said it in the group chat. I was really impressed with Hamza. I think. Um, a lot of us going into that game would have thought, okay, Ricardo is going to move into the wings position because he's a little bit better on the ball. Maybe his passing range, his dribbling is a little bit better. Then Hamza will move into the Ricardo role. And instead, Mareska made a statement earlier in the week. He said, Winks, uh, um, Hamza is going to be the man. He's going to go into the wings role, and this is what we're going to do. And um, I think if you're a player and your your manager comes out and – um, makes a statement like that and shows how much he trusts you and believes in you. Uh, it's gonna, really going to boost your confidence. And he's a very different player than Harry Winks, right? He doesn't have that little half turn that Winks has. He doesn't have the 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 kind of slick passing. But what he brought to the role and the energy and just how often he was cleaning up the mess and he was he was everywhere. He was all over the pitch. Um, he was he was one of my standout performers. By, by far and I, I know he's put into a difficult role and i thought he he came out and passed with flying colors really is and and the fact that he can just be dropped into any position really <laughs> it just seems like and 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 do a job for you like it might not be the most technically correct job but he's gonna fucking work his ass off regardless he's gonna put in the tackles he's gonna make guys pay like it's, it's great yeah i mean you know, a lot of folks want to harp on the technical aspects of his game or, or, or where he lacks. But, you know, earlier I was talking about, well, you know, what we could have used last season and, um, you know, how we could have used a team that, that defended a little bit better and didn't score as many goals. But we could have also used a little bit more grit, a little bit more toughness and attitude in the side. And, you know, a, a team that's facing relegation needs a squad full of players like that. And uh, we have him back in, in Hamza Chowdhury. Yeah. Also, uh, shout out to Enzo for playing Hamza uh, against Watford. Uh, we saw the same Very thing er earlier in the year when uh, Enzo gave Harry Suter a chance against his old side uh, in Stoke. So I, I just I just love Enzo so goddamn much. I, that's all. <laughs> it was almost like Hamza kind of knew – was there at, at at training with the Watford players, right? And yeah. knew what they were going to do. And uh, yeah, pretty clever um, from, from Enzo, for sure. A few tendencies, for sure. Um, also want to give a shout out to uh, Yannick Vestergaard again. Yeah. The dude, I mean, the, it, the way this is going, there's going to be a movie made on the, on the guy's comeback because it has just been nothing short of incredible. Um, if he's not completely halting any sense of offense from the opposition at the other end, just making stops or interceptions just effortlessly, um, you find him on the other end uh, almost making another goal, uh, a great header that the keeper just happened to make a great save on. Uh, he's just... <laughs> We talked about it a little bit earlier, but dude, just insane. He was great, like you said, on both sides of the pitch. And um, you know, we think of the great Leicester teams and and some of our great Leicester, you know, the, the defenders. We we're talking. I was talking about the keepers before, but we've always had those defenders that get up there, mix it up, and add something on the other end of the pitch. You know, 
Matt Elliott, Steve Walsh, Wes Morgan, Robert Hoot. Um, you know, those players would, would get up there, get up to the front and, and, and mix it up and, and, and get us goals. And, and you need players that attack um, attacking set pieces, attack the ball and, you know, on corners and advance free kicks, just like you need to attack the ball on your defensive um, uh, defending free kicks and defending corners. And um, Vestergaard seems to kind of have that in him. And um, I don't know, like he, he, he looks like a different player, but I, I, I think when folks want to talk negatively about, about Enzo's tactics, I think they should also, remind themselves of his man management and what that's bringing out of, out of the players and how you take a player like Vestergaard who, um, I mean, could not have been in a worse position at the club and probably could not have a more toxic relationship with his manager, uh, his prior manager. And he took, took him, showed him that he believes in, in Vestergaard and he's getting, um, he's, he's been one of the best defenders in the league. I mean, it's it's. Ali yeah. um, called it early in the season, and he's just been, you know, each week Vestergaard is showing us uh, why he belongs to be in in the eleven, why he might deserve to be the first name. Yeah, yeah, and just silly, silly vision. Like the the guy's vision is one thing. Like the passing lanes that he finds, and we talked about it earlier. Like the lasers down the middle, where it just makes no sense how he gets it through. You know, seemingly six defenders to find somebody making a run. It's just, and and he can do it on the ground. He'll play those lasers on the ground, or he'll hit those over the top balls that find Mavi running down the wing. Like it's just been, it's it's so great. And those calm little turns with the ball too when there's a player pressing him, it, yeah. like he doesn't get nervous. He's so calm on the ball. If anyone listening is a, is a hockey fan, it's like watching uh, Adam Fox, a defenseman on the Rangers <laughs> North trophy. Even when a player is pressing <laughs> him and he's, he's trying to keep the puck along and, and, and walk that rope along the blue line, he's never, um, never flustered. He can make that little play, make a little turn and, and, and find a teammate. And, um it's it's pretty cool to watch man like i i it's like that you know um that meme i have to admit i wasn't it wasn't you know familiar with your game and <laughs> i didn't know he had all of those little tricks in his bag yeah brendan was definitely uh keeping keeping our boy down so uh shout out to vesti for another great shift um another name i had down here was kdh i thought um you know, he had a, a game that he was in the right spot when when he figures out his finishing, dude. Just look the hell out. Because, uh, man, it just seems like he gets into the right spots and then it just lets him down right at the end. And, and we saw that with that amazing turn that he made, the ball coming down. He made the turn to throw off the defender and then he puts it into the side of the net. Just seemed like it was just a calamity of errors for him, Jason. Yeah, I guess sometimes it's not your day. If like him and... and... Ian Acho, it just wasn't yeah. their day in the, in the front third. I mean, you, sometimes you just have to like kind of lift your hands, and it's just you just don't have that club in the bag. And um, but I think they both did 
other things really well, right? Definitely. They covered the ground and they were in all the right places. And that was an issue that we had, I think, against Leeds, where our strikers and our midfielders were just kind of caught out of position, not getting to where they needed to be to make a chance happen. And um, uh, it looks like they, you know, they both kind of got the message and and were in the right places. To just there was just just wouldn't. It's like yeah. uh, that's that Cedric, the entertainment bit about about Luther Vandross's curl. I could just never quite. Quite get it. Curl all the way. Just, there. just never quite. It's very close. It was very close. Yeah, just was, uh... yeah it's it's weird because like man, when he's when he's hitting them, you know, he can't miss. As we saw that two game two goal performance earlier in the year. But uh man, I, I when it clicks for him, it, it's gonna click again, and I think we'll be fine. Um just uh, yeah, the, his effort and his will, and you could. See, I was just feeling so bad for him because at one point he he misses and he just literally just looks up at the sky. I think it's the one he hit the bar on. And he just looks up at the sky like, man, this ain't my day today. It's just not gonna happen on this thirty-four degree day at the KP. Well, I think um, the goat showed us, you know, what to do when you when you miss a chance that you should put away. And uh, I wonder if like um, his little method of motivation is going to kind of do its rounds around the team and we'll see oh, a whole squad of, of players punching themselves in the face. They don't <laughs> score a goal. Yeah. Goat, the goat uh, doing goat things guys. Vardy comes on and uh, immediately misses one that was just like, you never see it. Like that's just when he puts away so often that I think everybody was just like, so shocked at that. A ball coming across the side, it puts it right down and, and, and he puts it over, he skies it. And it's just something that we're so used to seeing it bury it. You almost wiped your eyes. You're like, what the fuck does happen? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it kind of, like he's been having a little bit of a rough patch too, after it's kind of seemed like he had found his game again. And when he missed that chance, you're like, oh, you don't want to ever doubt the guy, but it, it was concerning, right? And it would seem like it was going to be one of those games where we're doing everything right, but we can't get the ball in the net. Yeah. And then he punches, punches himself, himself in the face. <laughs> and I love, like, there were other people kind of watching the game around us who, um, they were, what, did he just punch himself in the face? Like, people were shocked. I'm like, oh, no, that's, like, that's his thing. trust me, this is what he does. And watch out. And sure enough, the uh, the uh, Watford fans were singing about Becky. And it was like, don't, don't these people ever learn, man. You're going to do that in a game where he's like punching himself in the face. Like you, you're yeah. in for, you are in for pain. You think that hurt him? Wait, wait, do you see that? Just wait a second. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, a few seconds later, I get the corner and uh, Vesti almost puts it away. Uh, nice save, and then classic Vardy's at the back post for a nice little poach, and uh, just goes crazy. Just classic, classic Vardy poach. Um, loved seeing him and tuck that thing away, and it was just finally, it was just like a sigh of relief for something that had been coming for you know at that point seventy plus minutes. You're just like, yeah. when is this fucking gonna happen? And it finally does. And then I, I think at that point it was just like, okay, when's the next one gonna happen? Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I this. What what do you say? Um, because yeah, when I heard them singing, I was like, okay, just that's fine. No one, no one seems to learn. Let's let's see how this ends up. And yeah, great, great goal. 
It was, it was, it was a, a nifty finish. It was a, you know, goal scorer's goal. It was in the right place. Good poacher's goal. And here we are another goal after the 76 minute. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, what is it? It's probably like 21 to nothing now, as far as the aggregate. Uh, well, I mean, Burrow scored a late goal against us, ah, that's but right. yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's pretty lopsided in terms of the, the goal difference, uh, yeah. from like the 70th minute and, and beyond. Yeah. And I had been, you know, saying to Chris all, um, at the bar, I'd been, you know, telling him it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And we both were in agreement that it's, we knew it was coming just watching just a Watford's toothless attack and then B just the fact that we had hit the bar we'd hit the side of the net we'd hit the goalie we'd hit you know everything was happening it, it was just a matter of time before Vards was gonna get that chance and goes ahead and tucks it away and then a little bit later on we see even more classic Jamie Vardy as if it couldn't be already more epic performance he does his classic uh dribble around the goalie to draw a penalty and sets up for only the sixth time in championship history an outfield player going into the net uh i that was uh an unexpected <coughs> delight on my saturday i didn't think i was going to get to see that uh that special little thing I yeah think- it was um I, listen anytime an outfield player goes in goal you know gotta <laughs> rally, get everyone around you watching to like to, to flip it in because yeah. you don't know when you're going to get to see that again and um I knew right away too. I'm like outfield blade. And it's funny because Rodney, our bartender at the blue foot, he apparently, uh, when, you know, the penalty got called, he grabbed his phone to record a celebration and he was, uh, disappointed with, uh, the lack, as he said, the lack of enthusiasm with our celebration. I said, dude, it was Jamie Vardy on a penalty against an outfield player. We all fucking knew where it was going to end up. I'm sorry we didn't go as crazy as you might have been hoping, but there was only one result that was going to happen there. Yeah, it was a classic move to win the penalty. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was a nice little cherry on top for the performance, right? At that point, the game was pretty much over in the 95th minute. Although it did get a little hairy, I would say, in the last like 10 minutes of, of the game. Uh, Enzo made some, um, how should I say, brave substitutions, I think. Yeah, what and do you, what, maybe not, what, maybe not what he, I would have done in that in that situation, but he's the manager. We saw it through. Um, but you know, are you what? talking was, the Eunice substitution specifically? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. You know, we were, we had our backs. It was the only time that Wofford really troubled us. Um, but we, but we handled it and got through it. And listen, you're not going to play 90 minutes and, and not you know face a threat against a, a side that that we know you know is as decent as they are in in, in the league. But we got through it. But then you know Vardy rounds the keeper. And you, you look, you see him punch himself in the face earlier after he misses, you know, chance he should have put away. Then he scores a great goal, like it's just pure instinct, striker's goal. So you have that. And then we get the classic Vardy finish, rounding a keeper, yeah. scoring or rounding a keeper and, and drawing the penalty. And it's like, oh, you know what? Maybe he's back. Maybe the boy is back. Maybe he's got yeah. a little point to prove as he heads towards his 37th birthday. And, uh, yeah, it was it was just – I'll say it, man. Uh, like, the game is going to be different for me as a fan when he's not playing anymore. And um, every time he scores and every time I think we get to see him score this year is, is something special and something that – 
that we all um, need to take that extra like a little second and and, and savor and and, and um, uh, because uh, just players like him don't come around very often and players like him that spend the 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 times that they've that he spent at at our club and wins the silverware that that he's won just happen even it's an even rarer occurrence so um it was it was a perfect ending to to a game if if uh if that can happen you know once or twice more this season when Vardy gets to you know score for the final act of the game um yeah i mean that would that would really be something this year you know it's it's kind of crazy too you can go back and watch um some of the goals he scored and the even back before you're in the prem when we first signed him watch some of the goals that he scored when he's celebrating you know with nuge and naki and 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 danny Drinkwater and the passion that as a quote-unquote young man then and then watch the the celebration from saturday it's the exact same human being like the guy just loves to fucking score goals and he loves to rub opponents noses in it and that has been his game from day one to saturday and i'm i'm so with you jason that's such a great shout every single goal that the man scores this year you need to put a little bookmark in your mind because god only knows how long we're gonna get to enjoy this for yeah, it was it was the Jamie it was a it was a Jamie Vardy hat trick. Uh, he got two goals in the yellow card. Yep, perfect. He's the same guy. He's still the same. You know, he's still player. he's still our guy, man. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, guys, uh, putting a bow on that one. Uh, great, uh, great three points needed. You, um, I you did, know, Matt, I, did, I just want to just an honorable mention. I think for. Um, for Ricardo, yeah. I think his performance went under the radar. Uh, if you look at some of the stats, I think he had 14 ball recoveries. That's insane, and, including uh, one and, of the most pivotal ones that set up that first goal when he stopped. I mean, they were on a breakout, and he just literally just put the put the brakes on it. Yeah, and 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 when we think about players when they you know first came to, to Leicester. Um, to, to knock on Ricardo when he first came over is like, he's just, he's so weak defensively and please getting bullied. And uh, he was great going forward uh, when, when Paul first signed him, but he put in so much work into the defensive side of his game. And um, he has such an important role in the formation and such a difficult role to play. He's playing two positions. He plays one yeah, position when we have the ball and another position where we don't have the ball. And I, I just think that like there have been so many instances this season where he's kind of bailed bailed us out and been the last man and made a tackle or and um, and he did so much of that on Saturday and um, just want to want to tip my cap to uh, to to old Ricky. That's great, dude. We could do 15 minutes on Ricky and and the changes that he's made in his game. But yeah, I'm with you. Thank you for doing that. He's been a hell of a player and will continue to be for us. Um, one, I'm glad you said because there was one other player that I wanted to shout out to, and that's Fatawu. Uh, this is going to be the weekly Fatawu segment uh, that we we get it covered this week, but uh, not necessarily for you know. He obviously brought that 
just that extra level of, I mean, no knock against McAteer. I thought Casey did really well for us, but man, Tawu just brings that spark, dude. When he comes on, there's just something undeniable that we, uh, we've said it many times this year. There's just that electricity that uh, a, a dangerous winger can bring to a game. And we have not seen it in a very long time here and long may continue. Yeah, man. He's just, he's fun. He's exciting. He's a powerful player. He adds that element of chaos, which is great. You just love to see from a winger. He's got a foot like an effing traction engine. Like he's just, <laughs> um, he's just such a dynamic player. He's young, and it really seems like he wants to be here, right? And he's playing to 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 sign up and make his deal permanent. And, uh, you know, I think it was over the international break with Sporting released their transfer reports. And, and there was that confirmation of what had been reported, that there are mechanisms in the deal that, that, we could, that could be triggered um, for us to sign him on a, on a permanent deal. And um, I know the uh, kind of the talk around the, the football factory on Saturday um, was like, oh, you know, you think you think we'll sign him you know and 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 us and everyone's just kind of talking about him like just they so they i think we can all see that there's there's a real real player in, yeah in there and he, that he's only going to get better yeah i'll add one superlative to all the things that you were listing about him but he's also as we saw on saturday a great teammate let's add that because after vardy misses that absolute sitter he falls down to the ground uh he's on his knees head on the ground and the first player to come running over and pick him physically pick him up off the ground and say, you know, get, get let's get back into it was Fatawu. And I think that uh that takes some balls, dude, to be a young guy on this team and, and to go to, you know, a goat like that, a striker, and to pick him up and just say, Hey, come on, back on it. Let's go, let's go. That shows the maturity that uh I don't think that, you know, we knew he was young and dangerous, but that shows the maturity to his game that that's that's pretty neat to see. Yeah, you know, and without being kind of an armchair um, psychologist or like, I you get the feeling that Sporting kind of saw him as surplus requirements, right? And that like there really wasn't a place for him, and they just didn't know what to do with him. And he comes over to Leicester, and he seems to have been embraced by by the squad, by the club, and by the fans, and he seems to be embracing everyone as well. And there was that moment at QPR when, um, you know, he drew the red card, but, you know, and there was a bit of a scrap and like our side, our players, his teammates immediately had his back. Vardy was one of them. And that clearly meant something to him. And, um, and, you know, he was posting about it on social media. He was posting about Vardy having his back. And um, I, it seems like this is the kind of, environment that that he's been craving and he's has it now uh with these teammates with this with this group of players and as soon as he had the opportunity to kind of have one of his teammates back he he didn't even think i think a lot of young players seeing vardy on the ground might might kind of back off there and think like well you know he's a legend it's not my place and i think fatau wanted to i don't seem like he wanted to kind of take that moment and, and, and show Barry, like, if you've got my back, I have yours and, and I will continue to have your back. And it was, it was, it was cool to see. I think it's, just, uh, yeah. it was a good thing that, that you picked up on. 
Yeah, it was just a brief moment, but it's also one of those things that we saw absolutely none of last season. Yeah. Like last season, Vardy lays there on the pitch the entire time, you know, and then eventually picks himself up and walks away shaking his head pissed off at himself. This year, a player immediately is there to pick him up. I'm, t- I, You know, it, it seems small, you guys, but those are the little things that build, you know, a hell of a team. And it, we're just seeing it um, week in and week out, small little things like that. Um, and I'm I'm loving it. So uh, long may I continue. Did want to also, before we move on, give a shout out to our boys in Union FS for an oh, absolutely yeah. incredible display. One of their best, which is saying a lot because, I mean, through the years, they've put on some just insane shit whether we're talking about let loose the dogs of war um or any of any of their amazing things that they've done and this one just added to the list meet me at the clock tower with the iconic leicester city clock tower um the matching blue and white um cards that led into the actual light on the tifo i i I just i can't say enough for the boys and girls in union fs and the work that they did then releasing you know the video that shows all the insane amount of work and planning that goes into it uh just another an insane incredibly proud moment for a leicester city fan so shout out to ufs for all the insane hard work that they put into it on an insane display yeah, I, I think they uh, UFS. Um, I think deserve a lot of credit for this season. Um, uh, listen, we we can disagree with uh, about certain things, and you know there the, you know there were different takes about some of their kind of protest signage that they had last year. But I do think that the um, the um, motivation for all that is is in the right place i think they deserve a ton of credit for what they add to to the atmosphere uh, of games and i think this year in particular where there is you know there are elements of of our support that are kind of discouraged or don't know kind of what to think about what we're seeing ufs has kind of just been there right from the start backing the, the squad, backing Enzo and giving everyone a chance and, and, and being very vocal um, in their in their support um, of the club. And um, it was a great TIFO, great display. I think that timing was was perfect too. Um, and Maresca and the players certainly notice what, what's going on over there in SK1. And Maresca makes, takes the time to, to get over there and to um, – salute them after after games and um i think that they've been a real real credit to just leicester city fans in 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 general and i was reading something from um a fan who was over for the first time from from abroad i think from the states and who was sitting somewhere else in in the crowd and saying how just like discouraging it was to hear negativity around him but like ufs just like caught his eye in his ears and like said like next time he's over he's gonna you know try to get in there and 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 stand with them and i think that's the ultimate compliment right when you're at at the game and people are noticing what you're doing and want to be a part of it and you know certainly uh, in new york we want to you know keep supporting them as well you'll you go to football factory and, and other places around new york city you'll see ufs stickers all around um on this pod uh i've, I've worn the bucket hat several times and uh 
I, I, I think um, th that TIFO um, just was a you know good representation of of how they're representing our fan base right now and um, and the effort that, that that they're putting in and and just a um, it, it was great man it was brilliant. Yeah, guys, definitely. If you uh, have a chance to uh, jump onto their website, buy a few sticker packs, buy a hat, buy a scarf. Uh, there's always some sticker packs coming to San Diego uh, every year. We, we we stick them all around the blue foot and all around San Diego as well. You'll see Union FS stickers uh, all over the place. So if you get a chance, guys, support them. Uh, your money literally goes straight into displays and other outreach for that they do for the club. So uh, if you get a chance, just support those guys. So shout out to them for yet another incredible display. Um, stateside, how was, uh, wanted to hear kind of how things were over uh, in New York City. Did you guys have a good turnout uh, on Saturday there? Solid turnout, maybe a little bit lower than what we've been getting, but it's holiday weekend. But I got to say it was, um, it was an awesome turnout. We had a you know, box up from Miami uh, and we had... The rock, uh, the 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 core of rock foxes, the mugs crew, amazing in New York City, and, and, and joined us for the game. And it just so happened uh, that Craig and Giovanna, two of our um, New York foxes, were up in Rochester, and they went up to uh, the Rock Foxes bar and watched <laughs> over there. So we had a good little kind of exchange or loan program between the two. That's great, yeah. Bar which i think is awesome and, yeah and i was Fox, they've got some awesome shirts i had my eye on them and uh, i will be putting it in order uh for, for some of those that's great man yeah i saw the the photo of craig and giovanna and i i like did a double triple take because like i was like wait we're they're in what, new york city like what's going on here so yeah that was hilarious when i saw them man they get around they're visiting every single supporter group uh lester group we, we love having them out here in san diego and uh she's visiting her family so that was that was really cool to see them up there um, yeah i think they've got some family up there too so um i think you know if you're if you're interested in starting a supporters group do it and um especially if you have any of um, craig or giovanna's relatives that, that live near <laughs> Yeah, that's like how we. Uh, that's how you become an official supporter group. Craig and Giovanna come and they and they have a drink in your bar. That's that's yeah. how you get the stamp of approval. That's great. Uh, we had a great turnout in San Diego. I think we had ten of us uh, show up. Pretty much the the whole OG crew. There were some spouses missing, but that was pretty much it. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a great turnout. Uh, another solid stream from. Um, the Foxes player. So that was great. Zero hiccups uh, whatsoever on there. And it, it was unique, though, because we recently had a uh, Celtic group join the Blue Foot. And so they they as well are on a laptop setup. So they were there on a the small TV, however. So they were behind us, which was weird because I kept turning around and seeing Brendan Rogers over my shoulder, which was a little unnerving for the entire match. So that'll be a unique uh, little aspect to it going forward is, is having the Celtic group there to hear them bitching about Rogers this season because they did not have a good result. Well, listen, I, I'm sure um, having having a bunch of Celtic fans there 
watching while while the English teams are playing, you know, won't lead to any kind of tension or, or anything like that. Definitely not. The season, I'm sure. Definitely be. not. And they're legit. They're legit Scottish guys too. Or at least uh, seven of them, I think, were, and the rest were Americans. I'm sure there probably are a few legit Irishmen too amongst their ranks too. So. I think so. There might be as well. Yeah, definitely. So, but shout out to the Bluefoot. Another good day there uh, in San Diego. And yeah, as always, guys, if you're near New York City or San Diego or Rochester or Philly. Uh, any of the big groups or down in uh, Texas, Dallas Foxes, they also have a great turnout. So be sure to look around and use that hashtag US Foxes to let people know where you are in the country. If you want people to join you or you're just looking for people to watch the match with, use that hashtag or reach out to us directly and we'll try to put you guys together with other people that are looking forward to uh, watching games with other supporters. Uh, on the women's side of things, had a couple big matches for them. The LCFC women winning penalties against Man City uh, in the group stage of the League Cup. Uh, nice result for the ladies and uh, kind of fulfilling a prophecy that our own New York Fox here uh, put forward at the beginning of the season, claiming that the girls would get, grab a, a pelt this year of one of the big clubs. And sure enough, dude, they go ahead and do it for you against Man City. I, I knew my girls would, would wouldn't do me wrong, man. Especially when I went out of the lane, and that's a big one, man. Like I don't care what competition it is, Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea. Those are the big three women's clubs in the UK. And you know, to 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 go up two goals on Man City, to hold on and advance, um, to, to 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 win in penalties, uh, it's just a, a great result, and and. You know, it shows that the the progress that that this side um, has been making. Um, you know, I think you, you give Willie Kirk the time to to build this squad, and and he'll lead lead them to 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 you know even bigger and better things. Um, you know, we went toe to toe with Chelsea right after that too, probably the best team in the land, um, and it was just um, just a remarkable. Um, week i think for for our girls and 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 you know for everyone involved at leicester city women if you kind of you know just look back to the last two years and, and look at some of the games and some of the performances especially against some of these bigger clubs and you see what we're doing now this is a side that belongs in the top division and i think before long we'll um start you know kind of upsetting the 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 standard order of things and um and I, i'm really excited for it me too uh so shout out to the ladies uh continue to put willie's plan into motion and yeah tough tough loss to chelsea but man when you look at that chelsea side and the the resources it's it's to be expected but man what a result getting that win against man city uh ladies play again nice little break here uh they don't play again till the uh december 10th uh which they will line up against Brighton and Hove Albion. So shout out to them um, and let's keep the results positive. Uh, on the men's side, guys, you, you we've, we've said it, eight games now between now and the new year, and that starts on Wednesday. Uh, you'll probably be listening to this on Tuesday, hopefully, which means uh, you got one day to prepare for this match against Sheffield Wednesday, uh, a team that, man, they, they've been struggling this year. And, and when we talk about, how lucky we are to have uh, the owners that we do, you guys, and 
specifically the Thai owners that we do. Uh, it's the exact opposite for Sheffield Wednesday. They have a Thai owner as well who has done just about the exact opposite in every aspect that he could when compared to our ownership. Uh, Chan Siri is his name. He's just a piece of shit. So feel bad for their supporters having to deal with that. Uh, but uh, hopefully we'd still smash him into the ground, uh, put three or four goals away on him, Jason. Yeah, um, I, I'm just um, – yeah, like you said, man, I, I, I do feel for, for Wednesday supporters. Um, this guy is just the biggest baby ever um, and just doesn't want to take um, – any responsibility for, for what he's doing to the club and, and the way he treats the, the support is just important. I think um, all football fans can, can share a little bit of, uh, of sympathy with, with Wednesday fans, especially just seeing how, how they've been treated and how a historic club like them have just been kind of driven into the, into the ground. Uh, but that said, let's go get three points, man. Let's get like those points. Wednesday. Yeah. On Wednesday. <laughs> And yeah. um, I know that Football Factory will be showing that that game. We'll have some folks in uh, for that one. So if you can get out of work or if you're still kind of, you know, you just tell everyone that you got COVID from getting the family getting together and get Perfect. out there if you can midweek and, and, and watch the game. But, um, yeah, just um, a good another good opportunity to, to get a little bit more momentum. We've got, what, a 10-point cushion over the playoff spots? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, that could either shrink very quickly or expand very quickly during this yep. time. Yeah. And I, I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things where you're, you're kind of downplaying. He's legitimately a big baby. You guys like Sheffy Wednesday owner. He legitimately put out a statement that said he wasn't going to put any more money into the club because of how mean everyone was being to him on social media. So I like what look into it. If you haven't read about this story, look into the Sheffield Wednesday owner. Cause it's unbelievable. And yeah, like that being said, sorry about it, guys. We're still going to smash you for the three points. Um, and then on Saturday, guys, we got a tough one against West Brom, a team that very quietly has found themselves up into fifth place with 29 points, uh, literally three points away from Leeds. They are right up there. This is a club with ability. It's a club with desire. And uh, this is not one that we should uh, be trying to take easy, Jason. Yeah, man, they've been in the mix now for, for a while, uh, for the last couple of seasons. In, in the division and yeah that will be another tough test and let's hope that that one goes a little bit more of the way of the Wofford uh than than the Leeds game yeah and they just claimed a massive pelt by beating Ipswich Town who you know everybody has just been singing the praises of Ipswich Town and McKenna's style of football but West Brom just shut them down to nothing uh, on Saturday. So a team with coming in with confidence uh, who just beat, you know, the second place team in the league, they're going to be wanting to put it on us. And so definitely a very, very good test here coming off, you know, two day break off of our match on Wednesday. Yeah. And, and when we talk about the festive period, man, this is it, this is it. Like the games are going to be coming yeah. thick and fast and um, you might think you have a, have an easy game, uh, but you're playing so many games in such a short amount of time that anything can happen. Injuries can happen. Fatigue can happen. Just, you know, players that aren't used to playing together um, and, and making mistakes, that happens. This is a really wild time of the season, especially in the championship with, with all the games 
eight games from now until the new year's said, right i mean that that's absurd yeah, that's and crazy. so i wouldn't write anyone off or, or say that any match is going to be uh, guaranteed three points right now i think this is um this is it i think where you come out of this um lets you know if you're going to be a contender i think for you know to to win a league to to get a uh, get a playoff spot or an automatic promotion spot or you know whether you know you think that you might be fighting relegation towards the end of the season a lot can change between now and and, and the new year Yep, and it's going to be, this is when we talk about players, like we talked, just this is a good way to end the podcast, I guess, the beginning of the podcast, we're talking about players like Harry Suter and Pats and Daka. These are the kind of games that uh, we're going to need them for and why we have the depth we do, guys, because of how thick and fast this shit's going to come at us. So um, on that note, uh, oh, uh, and that West Brom match here on the West Coast, that will be at 4.30 a.m. kickoff. So we will not be meeting up uh, at the Bluefoot here in San Diego because it's 4.30 times. Can't legally serve beer here until 6 a.m. So, uh, yeah, we tend not to get together for those. Uh, you guys having a meetup, I'm assuming, though, for the uh, at the factory? Yes, Saturday early games can happen. Um yeah, so I'm just yeah, um I think so. I'm pretty sure I'll confirm uh with with everyone, but generally the the Saturday games are are, are shown. Um Sunday not, but but Saturday that early. So um but we'll make sure, you know, keep a lookout on the New York Foxes socials and uh we'll we'll confirm everything in due course. Yeah, at New York Foxes to uh keep up on that. If you're in the area, make sure you get over there and say hi to Jack for me. Uh, guys, on that note, Can, this has been a yeah, go ahead. I just have sorry, I just have one last thing to, to no, add. No. I just want to say, um, just extend a, a heartfelt thank you and, um, from, from all the New York Foxes. I guess I have the opportunity to speak for, for the whole crew to, uh, to the Fosway, um, and, yeah. and Jack's article there. Uh, I was really touching, you know, it means a lot to us that, that people, um, decide to spend their mornings with us and uh, and especially those folks who come over from from Leicester and different parts of the world that, that watch the games with us and Fosway you know wrote, wrote I think a, a, a touching but also really fun article about New York Foxes and Football Factory where we watch um, so um, if, you, if you haven't checked them out I, I think they're just the best collection of, of Leicester City content that's out there they have a lot of really brilliant writers you've got writers from from 442 and other publications for all Leicester City fans and uh, have been doing an outstanding job of just covering the club from from all angles and um I just it just meant a lot to us that that um you know we were worth covering and 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 the title of the article was why every Leicester City fan should watch a game with the New York Foxes and so um you know, any, anyone who's listening, who's thought about coming out to, to the factory, if you're in New York or you're going to be in New York, um, you're always, always welcome to, to join us anytime. They are literally the best, you guys. And yeah, shout out. That was a great article. Really fun to read. Brought back lots of great memories. If you've ever been there to watch a match uh, with the guys, like the, it'll just have all those memories flushing back to, to the time that you spent there and in that unique little amazing bar. Uh, the home of 30 plus football clubs. Yeah. I read that stat, which just blows my fucking mind. 30 plus groups coming there to watch games, bro. That's that's insane. 
yeah, and you, you develop some some unlikely friendships. Uh, you know, we're very close. Let's say with the Bristol City group, we're playing Sheffield Wednesday uh, on Wednesday. Those are good good friends of ours. But also, you know, in Colombia, Millonarios in Italy, the AC Milan group, the Juventus group, the PSG guys and girls. Um, the, the the list goes on and on. Um, like the different clubs that are that are there, and um, it's a lot of fun to to watch in an environment with, with so many different, different groups. That's awesome. Uh, guys on that note, I think we will wrap it up on this edition of the U S Foxes podcast. Thank you as always for joining us. And if you could take a second to hit that five star review, we would appreciate it. And also take a second to just tell your friends, your family, or your cousins, anybody about the pod. We would be ever so grateful. So from Bronx to Blaby. San Diego to Sison. We'll see you next time on the U.S. Foxes. Peace.